Welcome to this week's edition of Cogley and Morrow on Politics. Uh, I do have to uh, offer a note here at the beginning of the show uh, that we will be uh, changing the name. So I won't be saying Cogley and Morrow on Politics anymore. In fact, it'll be uh, on Politics uh, with me, Morrow, uh, for the short term. And uh, because my co-host, Dr. Cogley, has uh, left the university for a position in D.C. We'll have more details on that. Uh, in the days ahead, but uh, he will be working there as a senior advisor to the deputy secretary of the Department of Commerce. And so we're excited for him and his new position. Uh, But uh, that leaves me here solo, but uh, we're going to fill that in with guests each week. Uh, We've continued to have a series of interviews uh, here in the region. We're going to expand that across the state, especially in this election cycle. We are also going to uh, have guest hosts. Uh, we have people here on campus, uh, as we've had in the past, that have uh, expertise or specializations in certain areas that connect directly to policy, to politics, and to government. And so it's an opportunity for us to bring more people in and to engage with the, the listeners and the people in our region on very critical issues that uh, impact our lives, uh, both here in our community uh, and across the nation. So stay tuned each week uh, for On Politics. And I hope you'll come back each week. We will certainly miss uh, Dr. Cogley. He brought a level of analysis and and certainly his knowledge, uh, both on national and international issues. Uh, so we'll be trying to, to up our game on that as well to fill that, that void. Uh, but uh, he, he will be missed. And uh, we will be looking, though, not to diminish in any way uh, the quality of the content and the kinds of information, the, the resources that we've been providing through this show to our listeners in this region. As many of you know, this is not a partisan uh, political show. It is about uh, issues and policy and and roles and actions of government that impact our lives on a daily basis. It's getting more information. It's kind of digging in and looking at what's happening, what what can help you make the decisions that you need to make, whether that, that is in voting or supporting a certain issues or just getting your voice out there in terms of concerns that you have in your community, in our state, and our country. So we will continue that, continue that focus of, uh, of information and offering support to you, our listeners. Part of in, in doing that over the last few weeks is we have looked at uh, our community and some of the surrounding communities in, in the midst of this very significant uh, challenge of a pandemic, of the of COVID-19 crisis uh, that we all know has just changed our daily lives, have changed uh, uh, the, the direction of so many things from institutions to businesses to, uh, to organizations in, in, in such a rapid and challenging way. And so we've been going through and looking at some of that. A few weeks ago, we had the superintendent from Kohler ISD uh, talking about the impact on public education, which has been quite significant. Uh, and that, that now we know that, that schools will remain closed uh, through the end of this academic year. That has created significant challenges uh, for the educational mission uh, that uh, both public, private schools, and universities and colleges have. Today, we are turning to economic issues uh, to look at some of the impact that this has had on our community and our region. Uh, we, We all know how we can see that in some ways where of the services that are available, or the or the stores that that are that are not available, or how we buy our food and, and essentials, how we uh, engage in, in, in the daily economic activities that we are used to, and how challenging that has become because of this and because of the measures that have been put in place uh, to try to uh, prevent the rapid spread uh, of this virus. And so we we want to look at that not just in the the impact. I mean, that's certainly significant, and, and it's important to understand the effect that this is having on our community, because that has an impact on going forward and looking ahead as to what uh, decisions may be made, what policies may be put in place, what resources may be available uh, to uh, help sustain uh, the, the economic uh, foundation and, and infrastructure uh, of our community, our region, and our state, and beyond. And so today we're welcoming uh, two people to the show. This is the first time we've had two guests at one time uh, that have not been crowded into uh, the studio uh, on campus. Uh, but we have two guests with us who 
really, I think between the, the two we have here, know the pulse of what is happening uh, economically in our community, what some of the challenges and concerns are in the midst of this virus, and can kind of help us all understand uh, what the significance of that is, what, what the extent of it is, and, and some, looking at some of the things going forward. And so I want to uh, welcome, first of all, uh, Jeff Sanford. Uh, Jeff is the uh, director of the Stephenville Economic Development Association. We're glad to have him uh, with us here today. And we also have Bill Leverton, who is the director of the Small Business Development Center right here on the Carleton State University campus. And uh, just to get things started, I'd like to ask both of you just to introduce yourselves uh, and then also tell us a little bit of what brought you into the position that you're in uh, and then what, um, uh, what, what you do in that role uh, that, that really links you to the, the economic status issues and challenges of our community. Jeff, let's start with you. Well, thank you, first of all, Dr. Morrow, for having us on here. This is a great opportunity to continue to educate and inform your listeners, our fellow citizens. Uh, that's the other piece of this is that uh, we have these professional roles, but we also have uh, our neighbors that are impacted on a daily basis. And of course, we'll get into a lot of that as we move forward. Also, in Glad to share the stage, so to speak, or at least the microphone with my friend, Bill Everton. Uh, the work they're doing at the SBDC is, is very impactful and it's helping so many people. And uh, I look forward to hearing and sharing some of the information with him as he shares it with everybody else as well. I had an opportunity, my brother to Tarleton and Stephenville are very important to me. Uh, my brother actually went to Tarleton back in the mid eighties. That was my first introduction. Uh, and we had continued to go back and forth as my career uh, uh, continued and progressed. Uh, I actually served here uh, in, in the early 2000s. I was president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, had an opportunity to continue to move upward into other areas and continue to expand my horizons a little bit. Sad thing was, my wife was also a professor at Charlton, so we had a big connection with that at the time. And uh, so we absolutely loved this area, didn't want to go. Uh, so whenever I had the opportunity to come back, and I've been in other parts of Texas, went to the East Coast, did a lot of things with small and big businesses. And, and really, I, I think it was one of those things where I got to, to train myself a little bit without even knowing it and, and get back here when I had the opportunity to come back, which was such a godsend. It was such a great thing. Uh, we jumped at the chance and we were able to get back here a couple of years ago. We came in the summer of 2018. Uh, this is kind of a full circle for my last, uh, we have three children. My last child uh, was born here before we left, and now he's going to get to graduate from here. So that's point, sort of a neat thing as he's in high school right now. My older two children were very active as well when we were here before. Um, my oldest son won a couple of roping championships when he was here, and my daughter got into some things that were pretty exciting as well. So it's kind of fun to be back here and, and do this. Stephenville is also very important to us because uh, it, the economy is changing. We are a changing community. We are changing business economy. And to be able to go back or come back here and impact people at this level is something that I just enjoy doing. I love doing. I'm passionate about. And I think that uh, the opportunity of working with CEDA or the Stephenville Economic Development Authority is, uh, it has, has presented that self or itself to me in such a way that I can truly, hopefully, bring a positive impact to our community. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Bill, Bill, a little bit about your background and what brings you to the Small Business Development Center, and, and really what, what is the focus there in the work that you're doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Dr. Morrow. Um, my name is Bill Leverton, and I am the, this region's director for the Small Business Development Center. Uh, I cover eight counties, basically stretching from Parker County all the way to Brown County and south to Mills County as well. The focus, uh, well, I guess to begin with, the background, uh, I was adjunct teaching at Carlton when this position became available at the beginning of the year. And um, I've, I've, I have a passion for small business, assisting small businesses get off the ground and improve and, and become successful. And uh, I was, I was um, thankfully afforded the position, the ability to, to step into the role, and so I've enjoyed it very much. We are housed on campus. We're actually in the hydrology building. Uh, and I, I, I feel a a bit lonesome at times since the engineers left us, but, but we enjoy it nonetheless. Um, our structure is such that, that we are underneath the umbrella of the SBA, the Small Business Administration. We're one of five arms of the Small Business Administration. We are, are funded through 
through, through they, which would be a federal grant and through a state grant, and then through in-kind services that Carlton is so kind enough to offer, uh, such as housing and, and, and access to, to their system and actually uh, to, to the professors and to the staff itself, which makes it a, a, a great partnership. So I'm very fortunate to be able to call Carlton home. Um, and we are charged basically with the, the micro level, if you will, of business. Uh, uh, the small, the small business, uh, and I don't take that dollar-wise lightly, but but we we tend to 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 focus and hone in on those small businesses that need help with the micro aspects of business, developing a business plan, or understanding QuickBooks, or understanding Excel spreadsheets, or understanding how to put a marketing plan together. We work very closely with Jeff and, and um, his staff. Uh, because we handle again the micro aspect, where Jeff handles the macro side of things. You know, he, he, he's he's driving the the economy of our our city, and we then in turn take the handoff, if you will, and help the the bakery get involved. How you know how how do they put together a business plan that makes sense uh, for them, and the, the financial aspect of that, or what does a marketing plan look like, or who is the geography and who is the demographic of my of my customers. Um, and and I think that it's uh, it's a great partnership, and uh, I really enjoy working with the with CETA because uh, I think that they're doing wonderful things for for our community. Well, well, thank you both. That that shows how the the perspective that you bring uh, in looking at this uh, across our region and and different sizes of businesses and and as we've uh, as this crisis has developed, it, it, it has had a tremendous impact, and and I, I know you both have seen that uh, firsthand. And I think that that's where uh, the the average person here in our community may see bits and pieces of it. And I'm wondering if there's some uh, uh, just really some information and in looking at what the significance of this impact is. Because I think we have to start there uh, to know uh, uh, where where we have to go. Uh, and and then also, you know, it's affected different businesses in different ways. I mean, there's a spectrum there from all the way from essential business to completely closed. And uh, and what are some of the adjustments that are having to to be looked at for these businesses to 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 extend their uh, what they do and their and their services beyond uh, this crisis? So uh, any any perspective you can offer on that, I think it helps all of us to understand what we're really going through. Well, I think first of all, you know, we have to understand that uh, this is something that nobody currently alive. Uh, has ever really had to administer or or lead through, and so it's new for everyone from Washington to Austin to Stephenville and everywhere in between. And so it's it, you know the first declaration that came out in Stephenville of any sort of shelter in place or any sort of uh, uh, closure of any kind actually just occurred just a little over a month ago or four weeks ago or so, and a lot has been done in that time to sort of assess everything. At that point, there was a lot of worry because of the unknown. There was a lot of, of discussion about this thing that was hitting somewhere way out in places we didn't know about, what we, what we knew, but not, we, we couldn't touch, we couldn't feel, we couldn't see it and, and, you know, overseas and so forth. And it was starting to sort of come into the United States. We didn't know how to test. We didn't know how to do a lot of things. And I think, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but that transition has been made from what's happening on the negative side to what's happening on the positive side. Again, I do want to, I hope we have time to hit on the positive side of it, but the impact has been significant because as you have these shelters in place, that has a dual effect, not only of, of, of the protection of people, which is necessary in flattening the curve, uh, as, as has been said in, in almost a cliche now, but it also has resulted in an economic uh, pandemic of its own, if you will. And, you know, you look at, uh, uh, I think we were at about three and a half percent on our unemployment. Now we're at 13 and a half percent in just a short bit of four weeks, four week period. You've got 22 million jobless claims. Uh, uh, you've had uh, 273,000 just a week in the state of Texas, and even more than that overall. People's lives are being impacted. Their their salaries have been reduced. Their uh, or, or taken away completely. That impacts the entire family. Meanwhile, we're still trying to educate our kids in a different way. So we're, we're trying to do that while figuring out how we're going to make the next uh, rent payment or whatever else we might have. Now, on the reverse side of that, though, is that everybody has, uh, you know, from the, from the federal agencies to the state agencies to local, have been coming up 
with very creative ways to try to mitigate some of that harm. Some of that. And the most difficult thing early on was not knowing the timeline of how everything would go. Is this a six-month deal? Is this a six-week deal? And nobody really knows. I think those things, though, and we'll discuss this in a little bit, I think those will be coming later. Good. Bill, some of the things that you've seen, I, I know I'm out in, and about. I've, I've been back and forth to Fort Worth a few times. I see, especially a lot in, since we are a rural area, there are a lot of people who are already social, socially distanced, mm-hmm. I would say. And so, uh, and, and some businesses that way, uh, whether it's a, uh, uh, depending on what you have in terms of, you know, I, I needed the electricians or the plumber or that kind of thing. But what what are some of the things you've seen in terms of the challenges and, and ways that, that businesses are adapting? I think that, that some of the biggest challenge you've had is a, a way of Ross has been disrupted. You know, if you're, if you're used to just going down to the, to the local Ace Hardware and picking up a, 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 you know, a hand tool and no longer can you either do that because either they're closed or social distancing allows only a certain amount of people in the store, or you have to be really cognizant of what you touch. I, I think that completely disrupts this, this flow of economy that we're, that we're so accustomed to. And I think that for many of these small businesses around here rely so heavily on cash flow that once you disrupt that or even slow it in the slightest, it, 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 it erupts in, in, in somewhat of chaos. And I think that the, uh, the challenge is how do we come up with a new normal or how does someone uh, not only survive, but adapt and thrive in, in, in this economy? I, I do think that there are a lot of businesses that have been able to do that. They have been able to pivot, if you want to use a, a fancy term, that, that allows them to generate uh, revenue in alternative measures. Um, and I, I think that that's a positive thing that we've learned how to do, and that is adapt and move forward and, and continue to create commerce. And I, I'm, I'm, I see that all the time, even though, yes, there are, there are casualties and yes, there are some many, many different uh, um, uh, sad stories of people who, who simply cannot move forward because of their, the nature of their business, you know, a hair care product. But do you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is there has been this, they're store, starting to, not, not 100%, but they're starting to get, speaking of the word pivot, from the unknown and, uh, for lack of a better word, scariness of the medical side, the side, the the, the, pandemic, the, the, the coronavirus itself, that is pivoting over to a an easy feeling about the economic side because people are starting to feel that we're past that thirty day period. And the other piece is, you know, as 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 you start to see the real reality of no funding coming in, as Bill mentioned. Uh, things people are a little less scared about the bug and a little bit more scared about the economics of that's a little bit more long lasting and harder hitting. For so I think that's an interesting piece. And I, again, I am going to talk. Bill hit a, a very good point: the pivot of what people are doing to try to make uh, right. And we'll talk about that in a moment related to the governor's uh, press conference and some of the things that were announced, but. Part of this in, in responding to the crisis and, and this in this pivot as well has been the response of state and federal government with resources. Uh, a lot of people had uh, checks put in their bank accounts this week. Uh, here at Tarleton, we've heard about the, the uh, from the CARE Act, the resources that institutions are getting to help uh, respond to uh, cost, uh, you know, refunding student housing and, and other other types of things. Uh, how how are you seeing that in the in the business community? There are a number of things happening out there, a number of different programs. Uh, what are the things that are 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 there right now that are are, are moving into place that are related to uh, uh, businesses and and economic interest in our area? Well, I think what what's really interesting is timing of everything. You know, when you start to look at this, everybody knew that the government was going to come out with some plans, and Bill is an expert on some of these plans, and we can talk about a couple of them. Specifically here in a second, but uh, you know, I think one of the smartest moves is to sort of wait to find out what the government was going to have, and then try to supplement those with various uh, other programs. Uh, we have a CETA has a restart program, which we can discuss in a little while. Uh, but you know, even in just in the last week, TWU uh, has a, a grant for for women-owned business. Uh, there is a grant uh, from Professional Beauty Association on on uh, for, for specific folks within that industry, if you will. There are things that are, the lift fund was announced. And, and while many of these have, 
uh, either run out of money or running out of money, they are still supplementary and are still helping kind of buy some time for some, or buy some time for some of these folks. Another one that uh, has just come out is one that uh, will be released actually tomorrow, Monday, uh, for another small business grant, uh, up to $5,000 in short-term relief to employers across the United States. As long as they have between three and 20 employees and operate in an economically vulnerable community. Well, I don't know that there's not an economically vulnerable community right now, but that's going to be another form, another uh, resource for folks. So I think those are some of the things that are out there. Um, a lot of associations within specific industries within our town have programs that are either in grants or loans. And there is a big difference, of course. Some of the loans have been able to turn into forgivable loans, depending on if they meet certain qualifications, whether that's keeping employees or staying on or, or, or opening back up, those kinds of things. I think the two biggest ones that have gotten the most uh, press time, of course, are the idle or the economic injury disaster loan and the PPP or the payment protection plan. And Bill, is a, is a, he's been covering those since day one, I think, and he can certainly comment on those. I think that uh, the, I think one of the biggest, the biggest factors is, for me at least, to see the, definitely the, the, um, the goodwill that's been spread around since this uh, this virus has affected us. In the beginning, I think that you would you would expect people to to uh, be panicked, and they are indeed definitely panicked. However, I, I find that at least the people that I speak with, which is, is upwards of north of 500, 600 now, uh, by the phone by via phone or email or Zoom, actually, they they have all. All pitched in to say, look, I'm I'm in bad shape. Yes, I need funding. I need help. But how can I help other people? Or only give me what I need because uh, the 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 impact is is not terrible to me. Or otherwise, I can survive. And I've I've been very encouraged by people's uh, resilience and ability to help out each other, which is uh, remarkable in these times. Um, there are there definitely are programs available for individuals, and at the moment, those are suspended. Yes, which is true. But uh, I believe those, those, those programs will be uh, refunded shortly uh, to help conclude the, the, the original intent of the, the government's uh, action. One was a, a payroll plan called a PPP loan that, that made funds available for you to have eight weeks worth of payroll coverage so that you can keep your employees on staff or in the very least bring them back on. And then another one, which is a disaster loan that's been around for a long time that the SBA uses called an uh, emergency industry, excuse me, emergency injury disaster loan, also known as the EIDL, E-I-D-L. And it was designed and is designed to give you operating uh, uh, capital for six months. And the idea behind that is simply that, that you can pay your payables and not get behind with your vendors or get behind with your uh utilities or in the strictest sense even payroll there are some provisions to being able to use the two in conjunction but um but the generality of it is that those funds are available they will continue to be available or made available again so that there will be um coverage for you the business owner which i think is the the main thing is that people have coverage Jeff, do you have anything to, to add to that yeah, I think the, the interesting thing to that is, you know, there were some different release dates on those. Obviously, they weren't just for Stephenville. They were for every place across the nation. And, wow. and with all of the applications, fortunately, we were able to get a good many of our businesses to participate. And in uh, uh, many of them, and Dr. Marl, you had referenced this earlier, many of them are seeing some of those funds be deposited into their account. So some of that panic that was there uh, before is slightly excited as some of those funds have come in to buy them some more time as we find out what kind of timeline will be involved with the phase in to get the economy opened up again. Thank you, Bill. Uh, response, you, you know, he mentioned some of the, the other programs and the things that are happening. Uh, what are, um, you know, how, what, what do you see as the impact of some of that, either short term or some of this that's just now coming in being available to right. smaller businesses. Well, I think I think that uh, I think, quite frankly, that that without some of this assistance, then 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 most of these people, or a large majority of them, they just simply couldn't exist any longer. So I think the necessity of it uh, was was well timed and 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 for the most part well orchestrated, as much as you can expect something of this magnitude. 
You know, I think that, that the administration stepped in and did the best they very could. Uh, the SBA is doing the best they can. And, and in our case, the Texas Workforce Commission is doing the best that they can as well. But, but quite frankly, these people are simply overwhelmed with the amount of volume that, that's being asked of them. And, and it's only natural that we are impatient, that we as an individual, you know, need, need answers now because we see the, the looming dollars that we have to spend and the lack of funds in. So we, we, we recognize the math of that does not work very quickly. So um, I, I say kudos to all those industries, the banking industry, number one, for, through the payroll protection program, uh, those, those guys, uh, I fielded calls myself on Sunday of Easter, and I know that they were working on that day. And I know they worked all through that day. They gave up an enormous effort in order to help people. And so for that, I have a huge debt of gratitude. Well, not just they, but you know, in specific for that loan, it was, it was imperative that those be processed in a timely manner. Uh, with the end of the month coming and, and, you know, a new round of bills, if you will, that were coming due. But I think that the impact, um, it, 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 it is both positive and negative, of course. Uh, you know, I spoke with many businesses who were very leery of taking out a loan. Uh, no matter what the terms were, they just simply felt that it just didn't make business sense for them. The economics of it would, would, would put them in, in, a, in, a, in a bad position. And I, I, I sympathize with them and indeed empathize as a previous business owner myself. However, I, I encourage them to, to understand that, that, that we don't know how long this is going to last. As Jeff mentioned earlier, that we don't know the time frame of this. And six months later, if this is still going on, um, then, then the likelihood of you being able to survive this economically is, is very slim. So I, I, and fortunately, the government um, lifted a lot of the uh, prepayment penalties and a lot of the normal loan parameters that you would think of in order to ease that burden upon the small business owner so he or she could indeed utilize only what they needed. And if times got favorable, they could just, in essence, pay it back without penalty to, to help alleviate that concern that they had about taking on debt to begin with. And, and I, I think that with, without that, those abilities and without the, um, the programs that were brought forward and the, the easing of restriction, if you will, I, 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 I don't know what, what our, I don't know what our outlook would look like. It would be different for sure. Right. Well, we, we know one of the areas that's been impacted the most in this is retail, uh, where you see that walk-in retail that's so critical to having customers in the store uh, has basically been shut down except for what would considered essential services like certainly convenience stores, uh, hardware stores we've seen still been open. Um, the, the, we're, we're broadcasting here on Sunday. There was a press conference on a Friday with Governor Abbott announcing the plan to reopen the state. And, and one of the, the focal points of that uh, was the announcement of retail to go uh, with the idea that people, uh, stores can open, should open back up. Uh, but uh, not to allow customers in the store, but to uh, people to order online or to call in, just like they're doing with many uh, restaurants that have remained open through this. Uh, I'm wonder, wondering what impact that would have uh, in, in this community. Uh, we uh, hear, you, you know, it, it's a balance in a smaller community of retail and services, uh, but we do have retail here, and I'm sure many of those places are, are willing to, to, to try to move forward in whatever way, knowing that uh, this is not going to be business as usual for a while. But I, I was wondering your thoughts on that and the, the governor's announcement, at least in looking at steps to moving back to some level of normalcy uh, in what what uh, uh, retail did before. Well, I think it's a it's comforting for many of our businesses to know that they're at least starting to face things yet. Uh, retail to go, I think, it's supposed to take effect Friday the twenty fourth. Uh, that will help a lot of people to feel like things are starting to go back to normal, but, but go back towards that direction instead of the other direction. Many have tried that already. It's always going to be, you know, our normal is going inside a place. Brick and mortar is built for that purpose. Uh, otherwise, everything would be online. And many people have gotten very used to an online uh, environment. But I think what this will allow people to do, particularly our business owners, and our managers, and so forth, of these retail outlets, is to be able to say, okay, we're heading in the path of complete, uh, uh, being completely open. And this is a way that we can now start to look at the inside of our place as well, because the next step will be to allow folks inside 
their facilities and with some restriction. There will still be some social distancing and so forth. That, uh, so they're going to have to maybe look at how they arrange the, their, their, their stores. They may have to move some things around. They have, may have to make it to where people cannot congregate in a way that exposes or potentially exposes them to something. I think the other thing that's happening that's coinciding with that is that people are also looking at statistics out there. There are currently about 100, just under 150,000 deaths related to the coronavirus globally. Uh, the U.S. is about 35, 36,000 as of right now. It's going up every day, of course. But the number that's starting to come out and become a little bit more clear for folks is the recovery. We were at, uh, as a couple of days ago, it was about 560 headed for 600,000 people who had contracted the disease and who had recovered. And what's this, what this is telling some of our business owners is that, okay, maybe this isn't the death sentence for everyone. More people are recovering than, than are getting sick. And so this is maybe if we can, we can follow some of the guidelines the CDC and our local authorities have put out there between social distancing, between the sanitization, and some of the other potential ways of keeping people as clean and safe as possible, then perhaps we can open up in a bigger way down the road. And we have to abide by this. Many of our larger stores, some of the bigger boxes that have remained open, have added things. In the grocery stores, you've seen as well, sneeze guard. Uh, certainly, you're seeing a whole lot more face masks out there, gloves being worn. And it's not just for the customer coming in, but also the employees, so they feel like they have a safe environment in which to work. All of these things are starting to unfold, and now we're starting to see an opportunity that these businesses can go forward each and every day and say, I can make some money off of this. I have to be creative but I can at least follow a path towards uh, profitability and, uh, and not just close up completely. So it's a great first phase. It's, uh, it's not going to solve a lot of problems, but it's going to start. I think the biggest problem it's going to solve is the confidence level of our retailers to be able to say, we can do something more today. And it's leading forward something that we can do even more in a few weeks down the road. Well, thank you. And we're, we're going to talk more about that and more about the governor's press conference and some of the executive orders he uh, issued on Friday. But we're going to take a quick break. So after the break, please join us for more on politics. T for Texas is a Texas-based history podcast from historian Dr. T. Lindsey Baker. Find a new episode every Thursday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Politics can be confusing, but Cogley Amaro have your back. Follow them on Facebook, search Cogliamoro on politics to stay up to date with the show and for all of the sources to follow right along. Cogliamoro is a production of the Tarleton Radio Network. Welcome back to more on politics. We are joined today by Jeff Sanford with the Stephenville Economic Development Association and Bill Leverton with the small business of uh, Association here in Stephenville, uh, the the Small Business Development Center, which is on the Tarleton campus, uh, we we are, have been talking about uh, Governor Abbott's uh, conf press conference on Friday, the executive orders that were issued. Uh, several of those were related to starting back up the state economy, and the very first one of these was focused on assembling a what he called a strike force of medical professionals, but also business leaders uh, from throughout the state uh, to try to look at uh, a plan moving forward and knowing too that uh, that plan is gonna be impacted possibly on a regional, maybe even a county or even a community level, uh, depending on how things move forward with the virus, the different waves or, or, or just really what happens with that. I think where that makes a, 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 an economic impact is, is really the, in one way the uncertainty certainty of it, of knowing what's going to happen, where and when. And uh, I just wanted uh, the perspective uh, from, from either or both of you on uh, where do you see going forward? What do you see are some of the, the, uh, the, the, the policy issues that, that may be under consideration, but then also uh, the, the, the way that this might be uh, implemented in trying to uh, make this work to get the state back open, to get businesses uh, back open uh, 
to the to the fullest level possible. Well, I think it's absolutely phenomenal that we're at this point right now, where you know part of the the part that uh, the governor has spoken about before is he wants to protect lives, but he wants to restore livelihood. And so this is that intersection of the two different pieces, the medical side, economic side, you know, and what they were looking at is a hospital bed vacancy became uh, clearer and those numbers went up as well as the new supply chains for PPE and other things that allowed doctors and nurses and medical personnel to go back to, to work uh, or, or be protected if they're already at work. Um, those things have helped tremendously in saying, okay, now we can sort of start to focus on some of these economic sides, but we also don't want to see a new influx of cases just because we open up the economy. And so I really appreciate the fact that the strike force is going to include some of the people that you mentioned, because it's a, it's a way to sit around a table or Zoom, as, as is the case these days, um, and, and talk about, okay, if, we, if this happens, then that happens. And it's usually if this occurs from an economic side, how will the then piece or the economic or the medical side be impacted? We want to make sure we don't have those big spikes. And none of this is going to even take place if we see spikes over the next several days in terms of cases and, and, and hopefully not even deaths. Uh, I think the uh, the data, uh, they want to see continued declines. Uh, they want to see uh, that businesses, and this is going to go a lot onto the business owners and managers, that they are having their own policies in place in terms of how to protect their employees and the customers that might come into their, their, their buildings. Uh, the Retail to Go program, you know, they have a few days here, April 24th, gives them the week to start to think about how they're going to do that, how they're going to live in that world. But I think there's a lot of other pieces that go into the parks are going to open. You've got the, uh, visitations for this. People under under five or under 10 or under whatever uh, amount of people for a gathering standpoint is going to be impacted. And I think the governor is also looking to have another 10 day period or so from when he spoke last week. Uh, the 27th is going to have a new strategy in terms of how to continue to open those things up. It's going to be important that businesses really abide by those. Uh, I think it's not going to be terribly difficult in terms of the sanitation piece or sanitizer and, and thermometers and other things. And Vaxita is going to help with some of that funding um, uh, or, or supply. Uh, we've got some other things planned for that. But I think the other thing that's going to be an interesting piece, as people go back to work, the kids still aren't back at work. So there's going to be that dynamic that's going to come up here pretty soon. Now, fortunately, summer is just around the corner, and that would have been the issue no matter what. Uh, but at least for the next six weeks or so, you've got this issue of people potentially going back into the workforce while their kids <laughs> might be at home or and, and, and hopefully getting their work done. We're not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, I do like the idea of, of the combination of people. And I like more than anything is that the communication is on a daily basis. The one downside, and, and Bill can attest to this with some of the programs that he's been monitoring and managing, uh, there are changes on a daily basis to some of these. That's been difficult to communicate, but I do appreciate that both at the federal level and at the state level, there has been a, quite a bit of communication on a daily basis to try to get an up to minute report of, as to why things are the way they are. You can't have the same report here in mid-April as you could have had at the end of March. That's so many things. All right, that, that was one of the questions I had uh, specifically with small businesses are that guidelines and, and those, those kind of things when you have fewer staff, when you have a, a you know an owner who maybe have has a handful of employees, uh, just monitoring this, the changes on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, what what are some of the challenges? I, I would assume the communication piece and, and just trying to get people tied in uh, so they know. But uh, where, where do you see are some of the challenges there, especially if this thing is is very unpredictable or or not so much unpredictable, but more it moves around, you know, that there's the possibility that it could uh, uh, roll through different areas and different stages as we open things back up. Bill, do you, on, the, on the small business side, how do you see that? Well, I, I definitely see that, you know, there's, there's I, I think generally speaking, there's always a scare of some sort of mutation of, of, the, of the virus or some reoccurrence, if you will, a second round, as they say. And I think that I think that the task force that the governor put forward last Friday was uh, is is certainly um, 
certainly welcome. Um, you know, you have the idea of emergency plan in the case of reoccurrence. What happens? How do we how do we address that? Specifically speaking, in terms of a guideline, we can move very very quickly because you're right. Those those people that have a small uh, small number of employees who may not be as well connected in terms of uh, communication cycles to the outside world may lag in that, and that may it may indeed hurt. So certainly uh, communicating on, on a definite basis this 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 uh, task force is, is certainly helpful. I think that a lot of the small businesses out there are realizing and embracing, uh, some of them reluctantly even, <laughs> the idea of um, of the of the internet and, and uh, web commerce and the idea that says, look, we can use this. How do we use it? How do we deal with cybersecurity? How do we make contingency plans that allow us to start and stop if we do have a reoccurrence in the fall that's unexpected? Um, and I think that those those issues are now something of an everyday norm, whereas before maybe they weren't even thought of. Uh, something as simple as how do I add an, uh, a cart, a checkout cart to my website so someone can buy my goods or services online since I can't go into the store. And many, many retailers, it never even occurred to them to do that because they've never had an online presence. And, and they're having to learn a whole new skill set. That, that fancy word again, pivoting, is something that I think that I think moving forward, I see that as an opportunity, and the, and the small business mom and pop uh, should, in my opinion, embrace that, uh, not just as a survival tool, but as a, another means of revenue. Think of it that way. Think of the positive side of the more reach you can get, obviously, um, there not being a physical constraint or geographical constraint related around the area. But I do think that, I think that the task force that was set forward last Friday, and I think that the, the idea of the emergency plan and cyber security and those types of measures uh, will help protect and indeed enhance business. Well, thank you. And, and as we as we look at this transition, uh, I know we're, we're all driving around uh, to you know, do our essential uh, work, shopping, those kinds of things here in Stephenville, and, and I'm, I'm sure in other communities as well. But here in Stephenville, we still see construction moving forward. We see uh, cut-ins being done on the highway for the new shopping center. We see uh, uh, a new Wendy's going up. We see uh, apartments uh, being built. Uh, all of this is moving forward. And, and so I think in, in the midst of all of this, uh, there are some things to be optimistic about, uh, not just the adaptation. I think that's, that's great that people are doing that and doing what they can to get through this and then move beyond it uh, in terms of their economic viability and, and, their, and their business. But uh, what are some of the things that, that you see that are um, uh, you know, promising that that uh, both in Stephenville and throughout our region that, that help us kind of see uh, the, the other side of this and, and really to give people uh, a, a hope kind of during this time that, that when they're, I think some are stuck at home and they just feel like, hey, you know, what, what's happening? This is all going in the wrong direction. When we look around us and there's still a lot of things that are happening. There really are. And this is a great uh, point that you're making. And should we give a lot of confidence to the citizens of Stephenville and the surrounding area. First of all, in our retail trade area, even though we may be a 20,000 or so person town population-wise, retail trade area is in the 85,000 range. So it's going to be over 90,000 by next year. A couple of examples, too, that go back just very quickly. I wanted to hit on the strike force again and some of that piece. If you recall back, uh, there's two things here that, that it brought to mind. If you recall when Hurricane Katrina and Rita came in a relatively short amount of time. The difference, and I was down on the Gulf Coast helping some organizations out down there at the time, and I remember the vast difference between those two hurricanes, or at least the response to those, and we learned so much from the first. So to Bill's point about how people are going to, through the strike force, be able to assist um, as we move forward, um, I really believe that that's true. I think that there's going to be so much information with every day's amount of information coming through, you're going to be even smarter and and more informed about how to help people because of what has already occurred. So I just want to mention that. The other one is, you know, when you look at these businesses and the things that are happening, uh, if you recall in 9-11 and all the destruction and things that happened because of that in 9-11, that's 19 years ago, and we are still under some of the changes that took place because of it. And that's going to be the same way. There will be, you know, this cliche of a new normal. And that's true. I don't know what that's going to look like. But what I do know is that we have had just in the last little uh, few weeks here, we've had inquiries from housing folks, from biomass folks and an industrial type 
uh, hospitality, retail, and entertainment, all looking to invest in Stephenville. And that's during all of this uh, pandemic uh, scare that's going on. Additionally, you mentioned Wendy's. They'll be open sometime this summer. You've got the apartments, which will be ready for this fall, whenever students hopefully can get back into the Tarleton, on Tarleton campus. Uh, you've got all the breaking ground for a new grocery store. You've got some other things that are happening right now. Additionally, we announced just not too long ago a, a new uh, the Washington Commons, a new retail uh, development that is going to be uh, 100, nearly 140,000 square feet of new retail that's coming. Uh, we've had conversations with them. Things are a little bit, you know, I'll say the, the brakes have been tapped completely, but they've certainly been slowed down by all of this. Uh, and as you said, retail has been hit hard. However, they're still looking at being a, a prominent fixture in Stephenville in 2021. So a lot of this is happening. If we can get through the very rough pieces of this over the next few months, I think you're going to see at the end of the year, uh, you're going to look back and say, well, look at all the construction that's happening. Look at the infrastructure that's happening, and that's not as sexy as some of the retail pieces, but you're going to see retail, and you're going to see some of these other things that are going to start to help provide opportunity. So we've got to get to this point when you talk about those phases, and I think the, uh, the, the president had a three-phase process. I think there will be something similar adapted here in the state of Texas, which will then trickle down to Stephenville. We need to get through those phases relatively quickly. And the only way that's going to happen is if people do abide by the existing rules, try to stay away from folks in terms of uh, uh, the social distancing and other things, washing arms and all the other things that have been recommended. If we can do that and continue to push that, uh, that scare away, then we can get back to a more normal time in a very, uh, a much sooner uh, time frame than what we originally thought. Bill, Bill, you've seen some things happening in the region and what businesses are doing, how people are adapting. And, and along with that would be what uh, what encouragement you might give uh, or what direction. What does that tell all of us as consumers in terms of how we uh, support uh, uh, this recovery from this, but also support those who around us who are uh, operating these businesses? Right. I think the number one thing is to just point, you know, the. <clears throat> People were, were opening businesses before this started. I think that when this subsides, that that desire and those opportunities will still be there. And I think that those people will continue to do just that, open business. I think that 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 is in large part due to the economic factors that existed prior to the disaster happening. And I think they will be there subsequent to the disaster subsiding. I think that, yes, it will take a little while to reprime the engine, so to speak. However, I think the desire and the opportunity exists for small businesses to go into communities and 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 open and thrive those businesses. And I do think that that was happening before. And I think that if you would like to remove this slice of time frame and then continue on once we're able to, I think you'll see that engine start up relatively, relatively quickly. And I would say that the support of small business for each other is imperative. I think that people are learning that they're not isolated and that they're not on an island of their own, and there are other people who, who are there to help them, whether that be a small business owner or an economic development association or the Small Business Development Center, whomever. But there is resources to help, uh, help people uh, generate ideas and, and find solutions to problems that otherwise they may, they may not have answers to, and they might indeed be frustrated and, and in fact, give up on. So I think that, I think that the main takeaway here is that these people have uh, they have resources. They have they have people who to lean upon, and I think it, that that if one thing it helps develop a sense of community within the small business world, and uh, it's very uh, it's very encouraging to see. And I'm looking forward to us getting back to some sense of normal, like Jeff said. I don't know what that is, but whatever that may be, some melding of cyber world and brick and mortar world that that allows us to coexist. I'm 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 very encouraged to get back to that because I think the opportunities. You had said some things in our discussion about uh, how this has impacted uh, economic habits, consumer habits, and so forth. The people and uh, in, in, in changing this within uh, within communities. Uh, what what direction or encouragement would would either of you give uh, to to the people in our community? Uh, what are you know some of the things you've seen along, along that that line uh, of just uh, I think as you mentioned of kind of developing a, a little more cohesiveness or, or at least support. Mm-hmm. That's happening. I think that that's something that we 
we all need to think about uh, during a time like this to know that that it's not just that oh it's there when I need it, but it, it or on occasion it's there are critical services and and resources that are provided by businesses right here in our community. Yeah, first of all, let me say again, thank you to all of those folks that have been working so diligently to protect us, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's health and safety folks, uh, or medical folks. What a tremendous job. We're so lucky to have those resources here. And I, we're also happy to have the retailers and people that work in business. Even Texas. I tell you what, they have made some adaptations already to try to increase business. The citizens of our community have done a great job. You do have those that are hurting, but you also have those that are continue to have a regular paycheck. And my suggestion is continue to support local. Let's support our folks. Try to stay off the international things or national things until until things do get back. And let's try as hard as we can to support our neighbors right down the street with their businesses. And as they do try to adapt to curbside or delivery or some other form of, of, uh, of operations, let's take advantage of that. And let's, let's, let's see how that can impact us in a positive way, but let's also impact them. Let's keep them open, keep those businesses rolling so that when things start to loosen up a little bit more, we can get back to how we feel like as a, a normal at that time. But credit to all of these businesses. They've done a phenomenal job so far through this process. Bill, did you have anything along that lines as well as we wrap up for today? There's, there's no doubt, Dr. Morrow, that, 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 that like Jeff said, there's, there's, there's the, uh, the amount of community support that, that this buy local, shop local, you know, uh, movement, if you'd like to say that, whether it be forced or not, it allows us to realize that, look, there, there indeed are services and goods that we can buy here within our own community that would not necessitate us going out to Amazon or to, to Weatherford or, or, or Fort Worth or Dallas, whatever that may be. We have that within us. And, and, and yeah, maybe a little more difficult to find, but they are here. And if you just, if you, if you just think local first, then um, I think it helps us all survive and indeed thrive. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us today. I, I hope in the future that we can have uh, either both or, or either one of you back on the on the show to talk about and uh, looking back on uh, some of the challenges and, and changes and uh, progress that was made even in the midst of a crisis like this. This is very helpful for our listeners to know uh, what's happening and, and really to see the different facets of it in terms of the, the uh, an economic perspective on our community and our region and, and some of the, the challenges there, but also some of the, the needs that we can respond to uh, as, as citizens, as consumers uh, who live in this area. We want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back at this time, noon Sundays on KTRLF 90.5 FM, KTRL. Uh, with more on politics uh, each and every week. So look forward to joining us next week. Thank you. This has been a Tarleton Radio Network podcast with production from A.J. Heyer and Taylor Welch. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.